Monday, everybody. Welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. Subscribe to us on YouTube and wherever else you listen. That's right. Focus on the YouTube there. We, we want to get more people on this platform. We're going we're gonna to be beefing it up over time. And as always, we talk judging in MMA. So make sure you read that criteria. Talking to you, Alan Joban. <laughs> yes, yes. You read are. that criteria. Yes, indeed. Um, he, him and and you know, honestly, just just every everyone who is a UFC commentator, just brush up on it. You know, MMA some, commentator. MMA, and true. MMA by and large. You know, some are much more familiar with it already than others. But like ourselves, it doesn't hurt to to brush up on it. Real quick, while we're on this, yeah, because I was just watching the fights after the uh, the DQ. In that one fight on Bellator on Friday night. Which we're going to be talking about. Are you getting ahead of the game? What are you well, doing? I know, but just because while we're on the topic of fighters knowing what they're talking about, yeah. Josh Thompson made a comment asking Big John. He's like, I've been a fighter for 20 years. You know, I don't know all the rules. And I'm thinking, why not? <laughs> this is your sport. Honestly, the best thing to do for a fighter to learn the rules is to just take the judging and refing courses. You yeah. learn almost everything. It's basically... One or two afternoons. It's kind of ridiculous that we have this, and yet it's so commonplace that we just kind of have to just shake our heads and say, "Oh, there's another one." <laughs> but uh, no, and we do we do have to, you know, we've got a lot of rounds to get to. We had three events over the weekend, sir. Um, Busy week. Yeah, but it did follow up a very nice baseball game you and I attended. That was fun. That was yeah. good. Dan brought me to the Yankee game the other day. And they won. Mm-hmm. We got our ninety-nine burger. That was more important. I was very very. That was the goal mm-hmm. of the game. How did how did what would you rate it like on a, like a like a five star scale? Five star scale? Yeah, it was like a three and a half. Three and a half is fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. three and a half. Yeah, I think it was solid. Definitely I mean, not a twenty dollar burger. Yeah, I had it. I don't need to stand in line again mm-hmm. unless someone who hasn't had it really wants it. Then I'll I'll stand in line with them. But for for those who don't know, and we'll, we'll get we'll get to actual fighting in a second. But the uh, the ninety nine burger is available at Yankee Games, but only ninety nine of them. So they sell out early. You have to get there super early. They're twenty dollars each, and essentially it's a double patted. Uh, in and out burger, or at least it's trying to mimic that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I haven't had In and Out in a while, so I don't know if the animal sauce or if it, there's animal style or or what. It has been there, a while since so. I've had In and Out as well. I have not been to the West Coast in a long time. Although my family and I are talking about maybe going out to Seattle, maybe Denver. I don't know what is in Denver, but I'm sure in Seattle they have In and Out because Denver's cool. I don't know, maybe they don't either. Who knows? Um, Seattle's got good coffee, I hear. Well, you know, my wife works at Starbucks, so she would be interested in going to. Mm. Seattle and going to something there. If you go to Seattle, go to the Funko headquarters and get me a pop. I will not do that. No, that's that's mean. It's not. No, no, no it's uh, not malicious. It's that I I have no reason to drag my kids there. They probably love it. No, they won't. Uh, there's toys there. Yeah, but it's not Legos. I think they have Lego pops. <laughs> it better be Legos, because if it's not <laughs> Legos, they don't care. All right, all right. We got to get to the fights, though. We have a lot. Like I said, there's three events to cover. Fortunately, the judging was super sharp, which we'll kind of detail just a little bit later. But real quick, let's go over a couple of the major things happened over the weekend, starting with the end to the Bellator Bantamweight World Grand Prix Tournament, which is the official name. Mm-hmm. Uh, the final was was uh, it finally took place, and we got a monster knockout by Apache Mix, winning the million, winning the interim title belt, which. 
Still funny that it's not the actual title belt that they worked so hard for and that there's also a championship fight with the regular belt going on in just two months. But that's what we are. So we kind of have like a new tournament. Just, just kind of went through the first leg. Yeah, now this, like this a four is man tournament. This is the champions tournament. Mm-hmm. This is, yeah, the tournament of champions. Exactly. Yep. Uh, <laughs> this was to get a berth in the final of that. And Patchy Mix, yeah, man, he got the job done. I mean, everyone kind of thinks of him as a submission guy. And it's been a while since he had finished anybody with strikes. I was when I was talking to him, I think it'd been like seven years or something like that. Yeah, it was like uh. 2019, he got a, a TKO. Oh, I mean, it was less than that. Okay. But anyway, it was it been a while. No, um, you know what? I was mixing him up with Brandon Royval. That's why. <coughs> Brandon Royval had his Dan Coffs over there. Um, He's the one who had been that much longer. But nonetheless, very surprising result. Great win. And he sets up a really interesting fight with either Patricio Pitbull, who would win the belt, or well, against uh, Sergio Pettis, if he does defeat Sergio Pettis. Although, Patricio Pitbull, if he wins... When are they going to have that fight? Because he's got another belt to defend. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> it's going to be weird. <laughs> it's almost, it, it's, it's, you don't root against Patricio Pitbull on itself. But so like, wait, just to keep wait. things going, it might be better if, if uh, Pet is one. Here's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, what? Pitbull's all about setting records in history. Yeah. He's defending both belts on one night. Well, he was. That's what he's doing. Well, he answered, um, it was Aaron Pico who had a call out for him on one of the fights mm-hmm. over the weekend and, and. Pico said, "Like it's time. I want to. I want a championship fight. I want. To, I want a shot at the belt." And Pitbull said, "I could fight you in May, and then still fight in June." Excellent. So he's your guy. He, he is my guy. He should be your guy. That is my not, guy. Yeah. So you're right now. Your guys are him, him, uh, Jim Brandon Miller. Royval, Jim Royval. Miller, uh, obviously the Diaz brothers. I don't think you can. I mean, you can still have him, but like he doesn't fight anymore. BJ Penn. If he fought again, I would. We're talking about active guys. Let's let's leave it to active guys. Okay, active um, guys. And there's one more who you said was going to be your guy. Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel, that's right. Okay. I thought you had someone else. Bo Nickel's my guy, and not though Moicano's a guy. Moicano, that was who Um, I was thinking of. Okay. What about Joe Pfeiffer? You a Joe Pfeiffer guy? Joe Pfeiffer? I like Joe Pfeiffer. Mm -hmm. He he hasn't gotten to become my guy's level yet. Gotcha. He's he's working his way there. And then also anyone who fought for CFFC. Mostly. Mostly. Yeah. But basically. Kind of. Yeah. I just... I'm really impressed with Patchy Mix's performance. That's kind of what I want to get across here. Um, and then I am excited for what's going to come. Although, yes, it could get complicated if Patrizio mm-hmm. Pitbull does win. So we'll see how that goes. But that would be amazing if he does win. So, yeah. Nonetheless, Patchy Mix, you know, I spoke to him and, and before the fight and, and the fact that he was able to get the win here. You know, it's good to see. He, he wanted to buy his uh, family his house, his mama house. He you know, said he was adopted. Uh, they did all that video package during the, um, the lead up to the fight. I thought they did a really good job. Uh, you know kind of promoting the fight within the event mm-hmm. um both events really over the weekend so they did a good job with that and uh, yeah so now he can go get a realtor and uh get that house mm. good for the mix family um on the ufc side because it's the same night as the ufc later on because mm-hmm. this was in hawaii ufc was in vegas uh sergey pavlovich Doing Sergey Pavlovich things, taking care of business, making everybody happy by not having a, a heavyweight fight extend past the first five minutes like it's supposed to. His jab basically rattled uh, Curtis Blades. Well, that was it was impressive because he just packed so much power. <laughs> like he like Blades ate a bunch of shots early. He's like and it didn't seem to phase him much. And then like he ate like two or three jabs. And he's like, oh, boy. Oh, 
and things went went very south. There's just not so many punches you can take from Sergei Pavlovich, I think is what we're learning here is this man knows how to generate power, you know, concisely and quickly and in in every shot, in jabs, in in whatever. So you've got to be mindful of that. Don't let anything touch you is really what it is. So yeah. he probably should have gone to the wrestling sooner. I think he, you know, felt confident enough to test the waters and it wasn't going horribly for him, but it also wasn't going right and then it went very wrong. <laughs> So, but that, I mean, this certainly sets up Sergey Pavlovich as a very interesting heavyweight uh, in that picture. It sounds like they're still targeting to have John Jones fight Stipe Miocic. It looks like they're looking at New York, actually. So it'll be here. Yeah, what a, so what a, you're not going to be able to afford what that a one. stupid idea. But listen, dude, if, if that fight comes here and somehow they also put Conor McGregor and uh, Michael Chandler on there. Mm-hmm. Does that make it more or less appealing for you to try and spend that money? Like, just take my money and go. To spend $1,000 to sit in the rafters? No, thank you. I'll be sitting with Patrick Ewan's jersey. <laughs> you could take it home with you. Maybe. Maybe you sell it and defray the cost. Yikes. At least partially, because, you know, the, even that jersey hanging from the rafters that you stole probably would not pay for the ticket. How do you even sell one of those? Like, you just get arrested. Dark web. Ah, yeah, I gotta figure out how to get on the dark web. Yeah, I don't know. I just every <laughs> the, the dark web is just like the go-to thing that everybody says. It's like it's like basically the new black market. What was that, that road? That, that, that the Bitcoin road? What was that called? I forget. Bitcoin road? I don't know. Yeah, it was some road. I think was the name of Rainbow it. Road. No, it was. It was oh, like that, a... never mind. That's Mario Kart. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, whatever. I know. Um, but yeah, with that fight there and. John Jones is talking like that might be his last fight. He, he seems to be implying that this could be like the end for him. I think he's just a troll. Well, he is. So but, I mean, also, what if it was? What if he just doesn't fight anymore after that? He fights Stipe, and he's like, "Nah, that's it. I'm done. I'm not getting." And hit then by Pavlovich. What, if, what if Miocic decides he's also done? And that leaves us in this whole new world of heavyweight, where somehow Sergey Pavlovich becomes like the number one contender to a vacant belt or something. Well, I think I think I'd rather see Pavlovich and uh, John Jones anyway. But I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, who knows? You know, these negotiation things can change, right? But it doesn't look like that's what they want. All right. Whatever. So we'll see. Sergey Pavlovich would be interesting against John Jones. Obviously, John would look to take well, it the, down the a lot way quicker. But... Curtis Blage got shrugged off on his takedown attempt like nothing. He was yeah. also rattled a little bit, but yeah, I, that's, a, that's a fight I'm interested in. It would be interesting. So Maybe it will happen. Maybe it won't. We'll see. Um who are on the Bellator side back again the day before Friday. Bellator 294 was headlined by Liz Carmouche, who was defending the right to keep her belt or vacate it because Dana Bennett missed weight, which Liz Carmouche apparently was kind of not surprised by in any single way. So, yeah, <laughs> but she's, she's missed weight before, so it's not that surprising to anybody else either. But yeah, she missed weight for title fight, Dana Bennett. Mm-hmm. And then goes out there and just wins all three rounds with her wrestling before losing in the fourth round <laughs> i'm trying really I'm trying. impressive performance by liz carmouche to avoid a terrible situation where bellator just doesn't have a flyweight champion anymore after a title yeah fight. they might then they might have just put it on mcfarlane <laughs> you're our champion here <laughs> i don't know if they would have quite gone that far <laughs> but i personally was just glad because i hate when we have these stupid vacant belts and things like that credit to liz Mar- carmouche though because she was willing to risk something that she didn't need to mm-hmm. you got to give her that all right. And uh, nonetheless, she got it done. And yeah, it does look like maybe she they're setting up the potential for her against uh, Alima Lane McFarlane, mm-hmm. like you mentioned. But she's saying she only wants to fight in Hawaii. And if they don't come back to Hawaii this year, 
that would mean they're going to hold the belt up. So I don't think that's what they're going to do. I don't know. It's She said something about December. Yeah, well, that's what she wants to do. She's just oh. talking about like, well, this is what I would do. But she's not Scott Coker. Yeah. She's Alima Lee McFarlane. They're two different people. Yeah. I don't know if they you are. knew that. I wasn't sure. I just clarified that. But anyway, um, that was kind of the big stuff from the weekend. We do have a lot of officiating topics that we want to get to. Of course, we'll do contested rounds. But before that, a couple refereeing-related topics that we thought were uh, relevant to highlight here. And that was, well, let's start with the Bellator. We'll go chronologically here. Yeah. Uh, a Bellator 294 on the prelims. We had a disqualification in the fight with Terrell Fortune and... Uh, Goodness, what is? I, I didn't write down his last name, so I'm really terrible here. Belostany, right? What is his last name? Or what's his first name here? Belostany. I'm pulling that up right as we speak, and it is Sergey, of course. You know what? I wanted to say Sergey, but I also didn't want to be, you know, like generalizing and like, no, it's not Sergey, you, you anti-Russian person or other. But it sounds like it sounds like. Uh, no, never mind. It's too, too far down a rabbit hole for me to go down about Matt Brown wanting to make basically prison rule FC. He'd probably have to go to Russia to get what he wants sanctioned. What? Yeah, <laughs> I like because it went down that road. Because we're gonna talk about the headbutt eventually. And <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, headbutt should be legal. Uh, he should be able to kick, knee people in the face, stomp them, do everything. Uh, like, oh, just he's like, yeah, mortal FC. It sounds like he'd have to go to Russia to get that sanctioned. Yeah, maybe. So. Let's focus on this one though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, like I said, this was a, a disqualification. There were punches to the back of the head from Blossom, who had. Fortune in real trouble. He did. I mean, he really did. Like, he theoretically could have absolutely finished him legally. And yet, he continued to punch the back of the head, even after repeated warnings from the referee, um, who noted afterward when he was explaining, you know, I, I warned him, you know, hitting between the ears. Mm-hmm. You know? Can't do that. So blatant. So obvious. So he had to stop the fight. And he called it his qualification. Good call, Fair. bad call? DQ's fine. Um, I tend to defer to, to Big John on refereeing topics, because... I feel that's his true level, uh, his area of expertise. Sure, absolutely. He said, you know, he agrees that he should have stopped it sooner and perhaps uh, Fortune wouldn't have been so hurt. Maybe they just take a point and then it can re- continue. But the Which fact is always that- how I felt about the John Jones disqualification against Matt Hamill. I mm-hmm. always thought that fight should have probably just been stopped anyway. Although it's been a long time since I mm-hmm. watched that. I should watch it again. He's saying then, you know, otherwise we're going to end up with a, a DQ or no contest uh, if he deems that the strikes were just accidental due to what you call moving his head or whatever yeah that and that but, wasn't the case here. that certainly yeah. didn't manifest because his right. head was pretty much in one place the whole time fortune's head so yeah, yeah I, I think the dq is fine yeah i mean maybe they stopped the fight earlier but i didn't think it was egregious to not i think stop it's it. no, i okay. think it's perfectly fine to have both let that fight go and to call it a disqualification i'm, I'm very good with this i mm-hmm. think they handled it very well dq is fine um I, I missed the referee's name in that fight actually i can't pull that up but, uh, yeah, I, I want to say that he did just a really good job there. That referee, as I... We're spending a whole lot of just this time where we could be, you know, talking about things. And I'm just, like, puttering around, wasting time while I try to pull up information. What does that say about me? Is that a good thing? It's probably not a good thing. Unprepared. Unprepared. That's me. Referee Chris West. Good job, Chris West. Deserves to be shouted out. <laughs> so I think it's worth puttering around to get there. All right. Um, but then the other, the other big refereeing... This was probably more high profile because it was on the UFC card, on the main card, and a fight people were kind of at least aware of going in. And it was the Bobby Green against Jared Gordon fight in which, uh, well, an accidental clash of heads between Green and Gordon ended up putting the worst of it on Jared Gordon, rocked him, and 
put him in a point where he was prone and, and able to be finished by Bobby Green. Mm-hmm. And they had got so far as to having Joe Martinez start to announce what sounded like Bobby Green as the winner before they said, no, they will reconvene. Yeah, they're like, we'll take a break while the commission uh, converses. And you know what? Hey, fine, whatever. <laughs> it, it's okay. I'm just glad that they got to the right result here. I like that he was going to announce it with the ref completely not present. Yeah, it was a little strange, yeah. right? It was like he just jumped out. I don't know. There, there was a little bit of chaos here, right? Um, it's, you know, I think it's forgivable because the main thing about this scenario is that they got it right. They didn't declare a winner. They declared it a no contest. And I think that's really the only thing you can do here. So Keith Peterson conferred with officials. He conferred with everybody that he could. Got all the information he, he could. And then decided, yes, we're going to call this a no contest. So uh, I think Keith Peterson handled this as well as he could. Again, it was a little yeah. chaotic, but like, but the ends kind of justify the means in a situation like this. You really just yeah. want to get it done. Very clear what happened. So. It's so clear. I mean, and, and Bobby Green was super mad that he didn't get his win because he said at the post press conference, he's like, I want my money. And then he just stormed out. Now I get it. He wants money. Like, he feels like he performed well, and I think he probably performed well enough, but also he didn't win the fight in a He's the one leading with his head. Way. I mean, it's you know what? No, I'm not gonna Crazy. I don't I don't wanna put anything on Bobby Green. It's just it's just an accidental thing that happened in a fight. I feel for him because if someone deserves to just get a like a flat fee to fight probably someone like bobby green who we don't really care if he wins or loses we as the viewing public we just want to be entertained and that's what he brings so it shouldn't matter if he wins or loses he's doing his job just by showing up and fighting hard which he always will so i think that's disappointing that he has to come away like that but at the end of the day it's still the right thing absolutely the right thing no they did a great job yep. good job by keith peterson good job by the nevada commission and all involved really well done very happy to see it it's like textbook. This is like something I feel like they should add to like refereeing courses to like show, hey, what do you do in these scenarios? Like, what are your what are your progressions? How do you go through and talk to different people? <coughs> Dan had to cough. Got to get a lozenge. Lozenger. Yeah, but that sign I guess is a good segue, right, to move yeah. into the at least the we'll go over the numbers real quick of the rounds before we get two contested rounds, and there were so many rounds at Vegas. The Nevada judges only had seventeen rounds. To be fair. 13 of 17 were unanimous for a 76.5% rate. That's solid. It's very good. It's above average. Um, it's one of those three. And then one of those was an 8-9 split. Over Bellator, because there were two events, like I said, 294 on Friday night was 12 of 18 unanimous. So only two out of three. Just a little below par. Uh, but two 8-9 splits in there, meaning it was only four times where they couldn't find the winner in the same way. So not so bad. Um, especially when you're working with local officials, I think you're more likely to get these 8-9 splits because mm. there will be um, experienced officials who really know their way of, around the intricacies of the 8-9. And a local officials, I just don't think are as experienced with it. They mm. don't have it enough. They don't talk about it as much as yeah. the traveling officials do. By and large, right? Not every official is the same. But nonetheless, yeah, I think they did a solid job there. And then, oh my goodness, Beltor 295, Saturday night, 25 rounds, 23 unanimous, 92% rate. None of these were 8-9 splits. That is fantastic. Good work. On the whole, on the whole for the weekend over these three <clears throat> events, 60 rounds scored over three events, 48 unanimous, 80% rate. Three of these were 8-9 splits. And I think this was just a terrific job on the whole by the officiating community for the weekend. Great job. 
not just the judging, but the refereeing. I think everything was done really, really yeah. well. Yeah, great weekend. I think so. This is a really sterling weekend for the officials. Give yourselves a round of applause if you did it. If you didn't, well, you know, just sit there and clap for somebody else. I don't know. Or send them a text. Whatever. Contested rounds time, sir. Let's do it. We only have 12 rounds. <clears throat> for, for the fact that we had three events, I didn't. If you told me, hey, we're going to be able to get to all the rounds from all three events this weekend, I'd be like, no, no effing way. We're going to do <laughs> Bell- we're going to do UFC, and we're going to cherry pick Bellator, because that's mm-hmm. what we do. We didn't have to do it this time. We gave, we got all these rounds coming your way, starting with Bellator 295, where there were only two. But I think this is the one that probably had the most chatter about which way the round went, which way the fight went. And that was uh, Ms. McFarlane, who we mentioned earlier, got the win over Kana Watanabe. Split decision, 29-28's all around. Round three is our decider. Yep. <clears throat> Let's talk about round three, sir. What's happening? Kind of a boring round. Kind of a low output round. Are you saying Kana a boring round? Kind or of. Kind of. Kind of. Oh, okay. I thought you were, I thought you were doing a little pun there on Kana oh, Watanabe. no. I mean, Watanabe is basically hanging on McFarlane, looking for a takedown, eating tiny little punches. She does get it down to side control where Watanabe, you know, she does absolutely nothing there. She just kind of holds on. But the throw was pretty pretty solid. Good impact, kind of. Uh, I felt while not much by McFarlane did land with, with more impact, it's close because I think those punches are a little bit more effective compared to Watanabe at the end of the round when she started throwing a little bit. Very close round. I favor McFarlane 10-9. Very similar round to Patty Pimblett, George, Jared Gordon round three. I, that didn't occur to me. I hadn't <clears> thought about it like that. I'm... I guess I could see similarities. I'd have to think deeper on it. But yeah, I, I ended up going the same way as you. But it is, there's just not a whole lot really happening here. In that, in that sense, yes, it is absolutely like that round. There's just not a lot of really scorable material here. But I did favor the strikes landing from Watson, or excuse me, from McFarlane a little better. I thought I thought her strike, if you just, if you just said, okay, we're only going to pay attention to strikes, which is not what you would do. Mm-hmm. Let's just say for argument's sake, devil's advocate style if you were to only look at the strikes landed in this round and the effect thereof i think you, you kind of i feel a lot better going for mcfarland but again there's just not a whole lot happening but i think watanabe really doesn't have much at all over the course of the five uh, five minutes no she gets she gets some punches in towards the end against the cage yeah that's that's, that's really it, it. Yeah. there's almost nothing here i mean the, the grappling is present sure but i don't know how truly effective it was in this round so i while i do not begrudge in any way Derek Cleary going for Watanabe here, um, or even the people at home who thought Watanabe got the win. I mean, I can understand it if their logic was sound, which, I mean, Derek Cleary's logic, I'm sure, was sound. I don't know about the people who had bets on Watanabe. I, I never know. I never care if someone disagrees with me. Just disagree for the right reason. Yeah, absolutely. So. For sure. Get it. Just just have like a good reason for it. If mm-hmm. you're if you're just like, no, you're wrong because you're you're a loser. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not nice. Do better. Yeah, please. <laughs> but <laughs> but no, I, I did sign up with McFarlane. I feel good about my score, but I also don't feel like this is a round anyone should get worked up about. So all you crazies that were mad about McFarlane and, and the, uh, oh, the home cooking because it's Hawaii and put the judges in a bunker and all that stuff. Our guy Marcel Dorf uh, was not a fan of, of the results of that fight. Well, Marcel doesn't know how to score a fight. That's no, why. No, he kind of so, doesn't. That's why I rescinded the judging from him. <laughs> I forgot you did that. Um, yeah, I mean, you see, he posted he posted like all of what he wants to do. He's like, I want want to put them all in a bunker, and they all have twenty screens on at one time. They all get access to everything. And, da, 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 da. and I just said to him, I said, "Devil's advocate here. What if the power goes out and they can't watch those screens?" And he said, "Good question." And then he made a joke and whatever. I'm like, 
Sorry, that's not really how it works. Mm-hmm. Marcel, does Although, a great, Marcel does a great job aggregating all the news of what's going on with fights and everything like that. But, you know, just take a judging course. You'll learn a lot, I promise. I want to point out, if I had to fight Alima Leigh McFarlane in Hawaii, mm-hmm. I would ask to come out second. Because okay. I don't want to stand in the ring that long <laughs> for the entrance to end. Like, you got to keep you gotta warm up, keep warming up the whole time. You might gas yourself out just trying to stay warm. Well, what if you just kind of chilled there for a while? It's like then you the, get cold. We could whip out your phone and like play a game, and then you're not even maybe. thinking about it at least. Maybe you know, yeah. Or or like maybe there's like a maybe you bring your switch and and play like a <laughs> like a motion game or something. They they ring fit is it ring, okay. ring fit adventures like a like a workout game. So you, you can play that. Tired, no, no, no. It'd be a lot of fun. You wouldn't even think about it. Okay, it'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> also, you're a man. You're not gonna fight a woman. That's crazy. Uh, so but if when, I was. Jeez. Look, I accept you whoever you are. Okay, thank you. Um, the, the judges that we agreed with in this fight, though, were, again, we did not agree with uh, Derek Cleary. But the, I'm sure his logic was sound. It makes sense to me. It was a crappy round that no one should care about. Yeah. But <laughs> it really goes down to it. No one should care about the worst round other than yeah. Kana Watanabe and Alima Lane McFarlane. Uh, but we agreed with uh, Sal D'Amato and Brian Miner, who were in Hawaii to enjoy the festivities and also judge in Hawaiian shirts. Yep. All the, all the officials, if you weren't watching, had Hawaiian shirts on, uh, or at least Hawaiian style. I don't know. I don't think any cameramen got in the way this time. Of, of I didn't Sally. notice that. I didn't see any cameramen beat up at the end uh, from Judge D'Amato. <laughs> so that was that was good. At least we had that. The other fight from this car, this was on the prelims here. We're just going to clear it out and move on to UFC after this one. Uh, Elon Cruz got the win over Bobby King. Unanimous decision, 29-28 twice, and a 30-27. So it was round one that the judges were split on deep in the prelims. What's happened in this round? Uh, Kevin Yoshida with the Guy Fieri hair. Absolutely love it. <laughs> what? Hey, real quick. How great would it be to have Guy Fieri on our show to introduce the 10-7 watch rounds? You know, he can be like, time for triple D, damage, dominance, and duration. Like, you ever watch Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives? No, I've not watched it, but I've been to one of the places. There's a yeah. pancake place in Jersey City that I used to go to with my wife when we lived there, and and Brownstone? I know that that had been yeah Brownstone, Brownstone had been yeah. on the show. So terrific! Like, I took uh, I took Drake Riggs there one time. Our guy Drake. There you go. And it's a great place. <laughs> Shout out to Drake. So Triple D. There we go. Yeah, I don't know anything about else about Guy Fieri though. It'd be awesome. Go straight to Flavortown. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I don't want to say it's awful to score this round for Cruz, but it's also a round we really ought to not be talking about. uh cruz he's trying to bully king early against the fence and it's kind of working he's landed a couple strikes in the clinch couple knees but at distance king is landing strong solid punches he wobbles cruz cruz is really just throwing out this front kick to keep king at bay and it's not really working all that well i think we got to add this one to the list you want to add this one to the list i think we have really yeah okay um i'm okay with that i i maybe i don't feel as strongly about this round as i did some of the rounds we've been talking about in recent weeks but yeah I, i think we can add it to the list. Sure. It's worth revisiting. Right. If I put it this way, if one of us nominates it, it's got to go on the list. Then, we, right. then we figure it out fair. later. I think that's fair. Sounds good. Um, and then, you know, maybe with fresh eyes and you know a little bit of time between, mm-hmm. we can kind of evaluate these things again. But yeah, so I, I'm with you. I definitely had this as a king round. I didn't think it was a crazy dominant round or anything like that. But I, I think the round, we, we have enough damage coming from king in this round that I feel very good about my score. So I'm going to say it's a, I'll just go with a clear round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think clear is fine. Um, so I agreed with you. I agreed with Sal D'Amato. I agreed with Brian Miner. We disagreed with uh, Dane Feruda, a local judge, who scored this one for Cruz. Um, again, I don't know how many reps 
the local judges in Hawaii are really getting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't want to go too deep on that. And this was on the prelims. You know, it's okay to use the local officials. That's, that's how they get experience. You know, I think this was a good spot. I like the way that the, um, that the officials were assigned in this one. I don't know how much of a hand, you know, somebody like uh, Mike Mazzulli had in working with the Hawaii Commission or if they did themselves. I'm not sure. But for whatever reason, they ended up doing uh, the structure of their assignments in a way that I thought was was a good way to do it. So but unfortunately, yeah, it just, it just didn't go that way. It also didn't affect the results. So there's that. Yep. Very good on the whole, like we said, but yeah, maybe not the strongest round here. Let's move over to Vegas again. We're going to ba- we're going to bounce between Bellator and UFC here, and then we'll go back to Bellator at the end, um, because I wanted to get to a fight that I think a lot of people were interested in the scoring of this mm-hmm. one, not because they were going crazy about it, but they were like, man, how do you score this? Yeah, such a tough round. It to was score. a couple. Yeah, I think it was a really couple interesting too. couple tough rounds that were a little mm-hmm. more interesting here. Right. Mm-hmm. But not because they were like wild, but also because they weren't like not. Well, I don't know. It's very mm-hmm. weird to say. The fight is Jeremiah Wells, who got the win over Matthew Semmelsberger. It was a split decision, two 30-27s, and then a 29-28 the other way for Semmelsberger. Um, and in full disclosure, it was Rick Winter who had the, the divergence score here. It was Eric Colon and Janitor Comedia who had all three rounds for Jeremiah Wells. So now that we've got that out of the way, let's talk about round one for starters. Yeah, round open ups, and, and Wells sprints across the cage and eats a big right hand from Semmelsberger that makes him step back, reset, be like, whoa, that was silly. Uh, let me take a different approach here. Uh, they re-engage, Semmelsberger drops Wells. He looks out to me the way he fell uh, for a split second, eats some hammer fists, scrambles to his feet trying to get a takedown, eats another uh, glancing blow off the off the head. Gotta eat, wait, he's yeah. eating way too much, he's gotta eat less. <laughs> Goes down for a second time, eats a couple more hammer's fists, <laughs> and he's grabbing legs for dear life. Like, he works it to a clinch, and Semmelsberger kind of stuck against the fence, but he's throwing these Travis Brown-style elbows, and you see Wells' legs just slide out. It's like, oh, I think he's hurt again. Uh, hurt pretty badly three times in the opening minute and a half. Wells, to his credit, is able to get this takedown. And lands in Semmelberger's guard. Well, he has a lot of fuel because he was eating a lot. That's of stuff. right. Yeah. <laughs> He's throwing some ground and pound. Not much early on. Eventually, he does start posturing up and landing some good shots. Nothing crazy here. Some are missing. Some are landing on the guard. Semmelsberger, uh briefly gets it back to the feet. Wells throws uh, a couple strikes before, you know, shooting again, flipping him on his back. And then he lands some some good shots here. You know, pretty decent damage. Um, good work from the top for the majority of the round. Really, Wells was was in charge here. However, I think Semmelsberger wins it. He had huge damage. Had Wells hurt three times, basically on the verge of being finished, or at least a ten eight the way it was going. I kind of think Wells worked himself back to earn a nine. So I'm 10-9 for Semmelsberger. Yeah, I think the lead is the key here. It's like, how much of a lead did he build up mm-hmm. with the damage that he built early? And this this will come into play in the next round we're going to talk about, too, is just the fact that he was able to build a really solid lead that I don't know Wells was able to chip away by the end. I mean, maybe, maybe he was. I mean, that's kind of one of those things that you kind of have to assess on your own. Mm-hmm. Okay, how are these adding up compared to the start that I already had? You and I ended up being on the same page here seeing this one for Semmelsberger. I can understand why. Uh, Judges Cologne and Camillo 
had it for Wells here because yeah, this is a good amount of offense that's happening mm-hmm. for a long time, and and it left everyone else at home flabbergasted on what to do either. So someone was talking about a ten ten or something like that. That's what the, the that's what uh, Dominic Cruz said. Oh, it's kind of even, and then Felder kind of shut him down. And said, no, they don't do that. That's right. Even though they should. Minutes. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> but at least he acknowledged that they don't. I want to point out that when when it's that crew that's on, I think Bellator commentary blows it away. But but it was John Gooden for but, this one. John Gooden. No, John knows Gooden's his stuff. good. John Gooden John is Gooden good. Knows his stuff. I didn't. You, I didn't. Be nice to I him. don't care for the other two together. I'd rather them be separate. I think Paul Felder knows his stuff. Honestly, I would but rather together. But what with if Dom Cruz? Yeah, but, doesn't work. But then who would you put Dom Cruz with? Bisping. Bisping. Because Bisping doesn't take his crap. That's right. He doesn't. So it'd be great. <laughs> uh. You, you notice that Dom Cruz mentions he just refers to everybody by their last name too. I don't think anybody has a first name in his world. Felder, Bisping, Gooden, structured. That's right. I should just call him Cruz from now on. Yeah. He's from now on. He's not Dominic Cruz. He's just Cruz. He's just Cruz. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're on a last name basis. <laughs> but anyway, getting back to the point, we both had Semmelsberger. We agreed with uh, the out judge here, Rick Winter. So what does that mean for Rick Winter? Couch side over. <laughs> And who knows? Cage side, maybe maybe Wells wasn't as hurt as he looked on TV. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, it's it's there's a lot of subjectivity here based mm-hmm. on on how you view that scenario. I don't know that there's a. I don't think you could do much to clarify uh, the scoring criteria, like we talked about kind of in the last mm-hmm. you know few weeks or so. I don't think you could do a whole lot to change the fact that it, this is just a hard round to score. Mm-hmm. It just is, and in this scenario, in this scenario, pretty much everybody at home was willing to accept that too, which mm-hmm. was a good thing. Um, that is a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Round two. Another interesting round. Kind of starts a similar way. Yeah. Semmelsberger lands a right hand. That sends Wells to the mat awkwardly. Like his arm <laughs> got really locked strange. up behind his body. It was really, really strange. But he, he seems to be in more control than he was in the first round. Uh, Semmelsberger follows him to the ground and does no ground and pound outside of a couple body shots. Back on the feet outside of a couple combos. It seems like Semmelsberger offense has hit a wall. And Wells lands another high impact double leg. Uh, similar to uh, Gonzaga and Kotor, I thought maybe like his knee got flipped around. Good thing it didn't smash himself in the nose uh, for Semmelsberger. Always a good thing. But uh, for the rest of the round, like three minutes and 30 seconds, he's on top landing good elbows and punches. I think he surpasses the knockdown and uh, the few strikes that Semmelsberger landed on the feet. I think Semmelsberger does throw two elbows from the back, but they don't really look all that effective. I'm 10-9 Wells. Yeah, I think the key here is Semmelsberger really doesn't add enough offense beyond the knockdown here. That that's mm-hmm. that's why he doesn't build up as big a lead either. Mm-hmm. Number one, he doesn't build it up as big, and I think actually in this round, Wells does a better job of adding even more offense on top of like what he right. did in the first round. I think he had a better second round mm-hmm. strictly on his offense than he had a first round. Yeah, and he didn't have as much to overcome. So I felt much better about this one being a Wells round. Not that I couldn't see the argument for rick winter going the same way given giving it to semmelsberger again there's a lot of subjectivity to a mm-hmm. round like this because not, there's not a whole lot happening but there's a lot of big things happening mm-hmm. or maybe not a lot but there is a a one very large thing to happen it's like where, where does that rate on the scale you know how much yeah. how much does that kit chipped away plus that awkward fall it's like it was a how, very strange thing yeah how, is your brain turned off yeah, for that, that portion of your body. How, like how what's going on there? How much of that is effect? Like, yeah. you know, we're 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 trying to land, uh, evaluate the effectiveness of the strikes. How effective was that? Maybe it was hyper effective. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. it's it's kind of in the eye of the beholder there. So, 
But again, I think Wells really takes care of it in this round. I think he's able to take it back. But yeah, it could go either way. So we're mm-hmm. we're in the majority here, at least this time. So so we had ended up on a scorecard that no one gave out, which was 29-28 for Jeremiah Wells. Yes. But we ended up on the same page. Yes. So yeah, good job by us. Excellent job. I like that. I like we can get on the same page. That's kind of what I'm really getting <laughs> at here. Um, it's nice when we agree. Like what we did on the burger. That was a seven. Yeah, that was a what was a three and a half. Yeah, right? we three agreed. And a half out of five. We agreed. I like it. I like burgers too. By the way, um, let's move on though. No more burgers and no more eating knees and eating punches and eating. Everyone's eating. This whole um, show is about eating. I'm sure someone's gonna be eating something. I guess that's Got true. a lot more rounds. <laughs> that's true. We do have a lot more rounds. Starting with William Gomez got the win over Francis Marshall. Split decision, 29-28, all around. Round two is our deciding round. What's happening in round two, other than not much? Well, really close round, mostly because no one's able to land much. They are throwing quite a bit, but they just can't find the home for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not, like, staring. They're just yeah. not doing anything. Yep. Marshall. <laughs> Marshall's catching mostly air, but at least he does land three solid punches to the head. Gomez seems to, when he lands, is just a touch with his strikes, teeps to the body, inside leg kicks, jabs. I don't see Gomez lands uh, outside of the low blow towards the end of the round. That caused much effect to Marshall. But I do think the three lands ahead of Marshall had, you know, Gomez had to kind of reset a bit. Yeah, it's a really close round, but I'm on Marshall 10-9. I was very close on doing the same thing as you, giving it to Marshall. Mm-hmm. I didn't go that way, though. I thought I kind of ended up weighing the kicks that he was landing a little bit more okay. um, from Gomez and enough to kind of get that round because, yeah, there's just... Who knows? Maybe I'm being tricked by the fact that he's just throwing so much that's doing nothing. Yeah, you know, they're kind of both doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah but <laughs> Marshall takes it to a second level. I think his his level of useless activity mm-hmm. is really impressive in a way. <laughs> and yeah, you know, maybe puts Diego I've... to shame. <laughs> kind of did except he wasn't. He's not like bullying forward. He's not like a bull in a china shop. He's kind of just like. I'm going to stand for him. I'm going to keep moving. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing it out there, but I'm not going to touch anything. It's, it's more like uh, it's like in The Simpsons. I'm going to I'm going to punch the air. And if it hits you, it's your own fault. Mm-hmm. And it felt like that from uh, I want to say Sarah Marshall. But that's not who this is. This is Francis Marshall. Mm-hmm. Sarah Marshall. Funny movie. Good movie. Um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, by the way, yes. which I almost forgot to say. I went again. I went with the majority here. Adelaide Bird, Eric Cologne. They saw this for Gomez. Man. I don't want to say I don't care because we care about the show, but like I go the other way. Fine. I don't care that you had it uh, the same as Ben Cartledge for Marshall. That's fine. Whatever. It's one where you can't get mad because you got to do something as the fighter in the cage. Give us something to score. And so. I like that they're, the, the commentary team, the USC commentary team, was it this one or last week? One of them lately said something about that. You need to give them something to score. And I was really mm-hmm. impressed with that because that was a really smart thing to say that they don't always say. Because mm-hmm. if, if fighters are sitting at home watching and they hear that, they'll think, oh, maybe I should actually do something. Hopefully. <laughs> because that is true. Like, you can't just, if you don't want to leave it to the judges, how about try harder? Get it done. Like, I, I know it's easier mm-hmm. for, I'm saying this from my cushy couch or chair. I'm in a chair right now. But I'm saying this from home. But at the same time, you, you're you doing this sport, man. This is how you win. This is how you win on the cards. you got to. You got to put offense out there. Effective offense. Do you want to be an effing fighter? You want to be an effing fighter? <laughs> you want to be an effing fighter? <laughs> never leaving the hand. No, never mind. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So we're split on this one. But again, I, I don't care. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. don't. Um, last round from UFC was Brady High Stand or He Stand? I think it was He Stand. He Stand, She Stand. <clears throat> uh, Bakary Dana got the loss here, but he was winning this fight like. 
pretty wholeheartedly. I think I think yeah. he was up uh twenty to eighteen or seventeen right. on all cards before he lost in the third round. People were upset about this finish, which we should get into after this round. Sure, yeah, we can briefly. Yeah. Um. But yeah, round two though is is actually the only round that we're going to be talking about from this because it is a potential ten eight. Why is that? Well, Denad drops Heastan right away with a left hook, right out the gate. Like, as quick as you possibly could, yeah. almost. So, forces Heastan he, to get up and, and go for a takedown, and he was hungry as well, so he ate some elbows <laughs> trying to get this takedown. Gobbling uh, up elbows. He's bloodied nom, up. Nom, nom. He's bloodied up, but it's not deterring him, really. He he does get the takedown. He gets around to the back. He's kind of looking for a choke, but nothing's ever getting close. He's not throwing a single strike here. Denad reverses it. Gets on top in the guard, and he starts landing some shots. Good damage from these elbows. The thing is, I don't really have another D outside of damage, and I don't think damage is enough to, on its own to get there. It's a big round and probably one that should be worth more than just 9, but I'm going with 10-9. I don't even know if I felt very strongly about this becoming like an 8.5. I think we're talking about a borderline 10-9, 10-8.5. You know, mm. It would be kind of in our CSJ system, whether it's an 8 or a 9, right? I, I don't know. I don't even know how I feel strong about it. Obviously, it's a great start. Right. But like after that, really, there's not a whole lot of craziness happening. So I thought I thought his elbows were, were pretty solid. <sighs> maybe I'm underrating them. Mm. Maybe maybe the eight and a half is the fair score. You know, maybe it's okay. just right. Not that that's a real score, of course. But yeah, I didn't I didn't go that way. I, I felt pretty okay with this just being a nine in, you know, the real system. All right. Yeah, me too. So, you know, I sided with you. I sided with Ben Cartledge and Jacob Montalvo. It was Ron McCarthy, uh, who did not join his father in Hawaii. Unfortunate for him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't see it as a very strong eight case here. Ron wasn't invited to family vacation in Hawaii. I guess, I guess <laughs> who knows? Who knows? He, he's a working guy. You know, maybe he just couldn't get out to Hawaii, and especially for two events, right? Because yeah. that's a tough thing. You get one mm-hmm. night off in in Vegas. All right, I can do that. Two nights off in Hawaii. Well, it's a little tougher. Tougher to swing, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, no, I, I didn't I didn't think this was a, a super strong eight case. I mean, I, I would love a world where this was. I just don't see mm-hmm. it that way. So agree to disagree. And that was it for UFC. We do, again, have more Bellator rounds we're going to circle back to from Friday night. Six more to go. Let's start with uh, on the main card. No one, no one was, you know, concerned about who won this fight. We've got two rounds to discuss in Sarah McMahon's victory over Arlene Blanco. All different scores, 30-26, 30-27, and 29-27. So let's start with round two, which is a degree of uh, the 8-9. Yeah, this round's complete domination. McMahon gets it down right away, moves to dominant positions. Uh, not that much damage, but she's definitely you know dominating the transitions on the ground, looking for subs. But when it get back, when it gets back to the feet, is when it pushes it over for me. She hurts Blencow pretty pretty badly with these knees in the clinch. She landed like seven or eight of them i thought that was good damage there like that yeah that's what i'm saying this is where it pushed me over sure uh and it hits the mat again she attacks a nice arm triangle and finishes the round in mount i th- I think we got an eight clear cut eight here Ten. i feel like this is a good eight yeah, yeah. I-, I like this as a much better than the other eight mm-hmm. uh with-, with apologies to ron mccarthy i thought this was a real like this is a good good eight yeah and we had our traveling judges agreed with us which was mike bell and Derek cleary it was the local judge mike onzica who it was pointed out by uh, Jonathan Snowden, uh, the author of the MMA Encyclopedia, the the um, the Ken Shamrock biography, okay. um, that Mike Onzica was an MMA media member like 
early in the game and his archive uh apparently as according to caposa is very useful for like early mma history hmm. so awesome yeah but i think with more experience and getting more reps probably would understand that this is like this is innate yeah so not to say he doesn't know the sport he's been following a lot longer than i have if that's the case he got uh, the winner right he did get the winner right absolutely no problems there. As again, it's that eight nine. That's what the local judges right. seem to have more yeah. trouble with. Um, I, I that it's like hesitant to pull it. Like, I don't know if it's hesitance. I I don't know. Maybe they're just not as familiar. I mm-hmm. I we're speculating, of course. Right. You know, it's yeah. gonna be different for every individual, of course. But yeah. So not, I I don't want to you know besmirch the uh the officiating prowess of Mike Onzica, but yeah, I do think this is a very strong eight. This is what it mm-hmm. should be. I don't know. If, do we do we add this round to our list too? Of like, come on, or maybe we have like eight eight nine category. Maybe you should have that. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do that like too. Like a second so category. Yeah, throw that on there. Um, do you, are you writing these down? How do you do this? Are you, we are have a we spreadsheet. Talk, I was going to say, are we talking on the show and then you just forget it or you do actually add it? No, no, it's on the spreadsheet. All right. I cool. haven't added the one you told me to add yet, but I'll get to it. Do it right now. We don't have to do the show anymore. <laughs> now, nah, we'll move forward. Uh, in round three, though, of this fight, this is where we're talking about the potential winner going the other way uh, in a fight that... I mean, Sarah McMahon was basically destined to win already at this mm-hmm. point, because <laughs> at this point, she's already up. Was this her Bellator debut? Yeah, it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. But but through two rounds, she is up 20 to 17 on two cards. Mm-hmm. It's it's a guaranteed win without a finish. So it doesn't really matter here, but we'll, we'll talk about it anyway. Who won this round? Let's, let's, what's well, happening Well, right away, it looks like, oh, she might not make it out this round. She gets cracked in the face, mm-hmm. um, drops, and then she goes for a single. And Blanco is just pummeling her in the face. Like, this is good shots here. I think Blanco waffled her on the feet quite a bit. And once on the ground, McMahon was inside control. And it was her fight from here. Uh, Blanco, once it hits the ground, mm-hmm. she throws two solid elbows, like, from the bottom. Yes, yes, I remember those. And McMahon kind of just holds on. She's like, All right, I, I got to settle in here. Obviously, she's trying to, right. you know, clear the cobwebs a little bit, yeah. So she's just chilling for a while. And then eventually she starts throwing some elbows. Some some of them are pretty decent here. To me, they just seemed like stay busy enough so the referee doesn't warn us and possibly stand us up. But on the other hand, they were still pretty good. I think it's a close round. It just wasn't enough to overcome what Blanco did uh, for me in the beginning. So I'm, I'm on 10-9 Blanco. I... I will push back a little bit on that. I think there's actually a little bit more effect on those elbows that she's throwing than you do. You know, okay. agree, disagree. So mostly because of that, when she started throwing and landing those particular elbows, forearms, whatever you want to call them, whatever part of the arm is touching her, um, that was where it kind of started going from, okay, I mean, she's on top and she's definitely being able to neutralize the offense from a dominant position to actually, okay, she's landing some things that I think are actually effective here. And I just... I agonized over this one. I, I have to say this was probably the hardest round for me to score of the weekend because I can totally see why Sarah McMahon still managed not to do enough effective offense to take back the round, but I did ultimately switch over to her. Okay. So it's yeah, close. I, it is, it is. It's... This this is a close round. So yeah, you know, we disagree. You had it the same as Mike Bell. I had it like uh Judges Anzica and Cleary for McMahon. But again, this is a round that actually didn't matter. But it yeah, truly didn't matter who how it was scored. Also, Blanco ten seven would have made it a draw, and that's never gonna happen. Also, Blanco was like, "Oh, she got me. I'm just gonna hold on and uh, wait for the round to end." Mm-hmm. It's like she stopped fighting. So yeah, that's unfortunate. That's, yeah, maybe she just knew she couldn't get up again. I don't know. 
I guess. I don't, I don't know. Who knows? Um, but that was it for that fight. We do have uh, another one from the main card with two rounds on it. A heavyweight decision. Yeah. This is They didn't do their job. They missed out. I'm, I mean, yeah. And unfortunately, we have two rounds to talk about from this one. Let's start with round one. What's going on? Well, just what the doctor ordered, a low-output heavyweight fight. Uh, I think Soma. It's between Tim Johnson and Saeed Soma. Did you say their names? No, I actually didn't. Okay. And I also didn't point out the scores, which is 29-28 all around. But because uh, one judge, Derek Cleary, had the opposite rounds on the first two rounds as his uh, counterparts, that's why we're talking about this okay. one. <laughs> so it's one of those deceptive 29-28s that's like, well, no, they didn't agree. Yeah. All right. So like I said... Low output heavyweight round. Really exciting stuff. Uh, Soma landed a couple punches and a good uh, couple kicks early. I think Johnson landed a good couple punches, maybe one or two, and he kind of when he was chasing Soma around the ring. Um, he had a nice, uh, decent, impactful takedown. There just really wasn't all that much offense. I think it's really close, but I'm siding with Soma, edging it 10 9. I also sided with Soma. I thought the kicks were the most effective element here. Mm. And I, I don't want to say it was like even clear or anything like that, but I thought it felt close but clear to me in a low output round. Okay. You know, where it's like I feel like I know who won this round, but also there's just not a whole lot happening, so I can get why maybe it just doesn't get there, especially for the judges who have a better view than I do. Mm-hmm. So I I just I felt committed to this one. I I was like, you know what? It's Soma. I think Soma won yeah. this round. But yeah, it's okay. It's heavyweights. They didn't do their job. <laughs> they were supposed to finish and they didn't do it. So that's on them. Um but I still ended up the same as you. Same as again, Judge Cleary, who was the out judge here, was judges Saldamato and Brian Minor, who saw it for Johnson, but they're not getting uh, the thing that Derek Cleary's gonna be getting here, which is Couchside over. <laughs> Let's see if uh, maybe Judge Cleary can get uh, a second couchside override in this one because we're going to talk about round two or he's the out judge. Yeah. Johnson starts good. His boxing solid. He's getting to the clinch, landing some knees. I think the difference is Soma's kicks in this round, especially to the body. I feel they're having great effect on, on Johnson, slowing him down. 10-9 Soma. I had Johnson here. I don't really have much more to say other than I thought he just landed a little better. Okay. So. No, no override. I tried. I tried Judge Cleary. It just didn't work out. <laughs> um, but, but yeah. So let's not talk about this fight anymore. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and 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 that fight. That's <laughs> enough of that. Uh, two more here. We've got uh, this one opened up the main card. Uh, Levan Chokeli, right? Did I say that right? I'm probably messing it up. Uh, got the win over Michael Lombardo. Thirty twenty-seven twice and eight twenty-nine twenty-eight. We're only talking about round two potentially going for Lombardo. So what's going on in round two? Uh, Chokeli lands a solid uppercut after Lombardo lands a nice right, forces Lombardo to back off. A lot of strikes Chokeli is throwing are being blocked, but the ones that do get through are, are pretty solid. Lombardo wins the grappling and clinch game. Good knees in, in there. Uh, good kind of, you know, just close fighting. But I don't think it's better than the offense Chokeli had at distance. So close round, but I'm 10-9 Chokeli. Me too. I don't have anything to add. I just sided with you. And uh, judges Kyle Takao and Mike Bell. Sal D'Amato was the out judge here. We did not see it the same way as D'Amato this time. But he didn't have to fight with any cameramen, like we said. That's so good. That's, that is good. Yeah. That's good. 10 7 Sal there, versus there was, cameramen. There was a peace between the judges and the cameramen <laughs> in this event. They, they struck an accord. Uh, <laughs> uh, last round here, and this is all the way in the prelims. It is one more 8-9 split. Chris Lencioni doing 
a lot of work in round one before he got the second round uh, submission by inverted triangle mm-hmm. over Blake Smith. So let's go into round one. Why is this a potential 10-8? Yeah, early Lencioni lands a heavy right hand, you know, that wobbles Smith, almost sends him to the mat. Smith returns fire with a big right of his own that made Lencioni go, okay, I'm going to take this to the ground. Gets it to the ground, moves quickly to the back, body triangle, attacking many rear naked chokes, just squeezing the face. Good punches. These are kind of those annoying punches where you're hitting the person with the bone of your, your front knuckles, not, not none of the glove. I think we got all three Ds. I think the question is here, did Smith earn the nine? I don't think that one strike that kind of wobbled Lencioni was enough. So I'm 10-8. I'm 10-8 too. I don't think, I don't think he earned the, the nine on just that. I think this was a very good round for Lencioni. I'm the eight too. All right. And uh but you know, although judges again tout to cow here, uh the local judge with Derek Cleary, they saw it as a nine. I like the eight. I like the way Brian Miner scored it. You know what that means for Brian Miner? Couch that over. <laughs> that was a good one. That was, was? A, that was a good horn. Sometimes it doesn't come out as well. Like I thought hmm. I thought that one I nailed. And that is it for twelve rounds across three events. I think we did a good job. We did. I think everybody who listens to this show should give us mm-hmm. a round of applause, too. And I want to hear it. I want to hear all of you. Please clap. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I hear someone clapping, I'll be like, that's for me. And Dan. You, too. Yeah. You get it as well. Um, finishes. A lot of finishes. Five at the UFC, seven at Bellator. Uh, all told, he had seven KOs or TKOs, five submissions. By the way, no submissions at UFC, but there were five KO or TKO. So we're going the other way again. The, the subs were taking over. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's The scales are balancing. Um, but we had five first-round finishes at UFC, two in uh, Bellator, and that does not include that round one disqualification. That That is excluded. What was your favorite finish of the weekend, sir? My favorite finish happened in New Orleans. <laughs> Nate Diaz choking out some random Logan Paul lookalike. In the middle of a fight, walking towards Nate, trying to grab his hands. He got choked out. Then he got dropped like John Jones dropped Leo, Leo to Machida. Great guillotine finish. Uh, Nate Diaz, the true BMF champ. Honorable mention, real quick. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. Chris Lencioni's inverted triangle over Blake Smith. Yeah. That was awesome. I thought you'd like that one. He was stuck in that a while. I was like waiting for him to like try and go for the arm bar too. I was and... like, you're stuck here. You're never getting out. And if he decides to just start elbowing your face, it's going to be... It's going to be brutal. He had, he had like his, Lencioni had his choice of like what to do here. Mm-hmm. He could have kind of just done anything. I was, again, I was waiting for him to like try to get the arm too. Like just, just he try to bend the arm the other arm way. Too. There was a lot of things he could have mm-hmm. done. He was just like, well, now I have this position. I could just, <laughs> what do I, what do I feel like getting? Yeah. What do I feel like getting? I've got a couple minutes here. I'll figure it out. And he did. Yeah. He got the inverted trial. That was good. That was really good. Um, for me though, I, I think it, it has to go back to the knee the knockout for a million dollars from Batchy Mix. It was because he used his length so well to get that. It was just such a high knee on a shorter opponent. He had a four inch uh, advantage in height in this fight. And he really used that well. We have a new knockout of the year leader. You think this is the leader? This is the leader. Okay. This is the leader. I'm having trouble coming up with another one. Yeah. So yeah, it might be just got, overtaken i i gotta do better job of like tracking so. these throughout the year i don't do a good job at that makes it easier at the end of the end well of the it does especially because i'm in charge of the well, i'm not in charge but i ended up taking the reins last year the awards committee mm. for uh mmaja and that involved me like going crazy going watching everything back again <laughs> and like l- going over lists that other people have done and getting suggestions from uh, a bunch of people that, that keep track of this stuff so yeah i should mm-hmm 
trying to remember this. Try, you, you help me remember. I do help you remember. Thank you. You're a good guy. Sometimes. Yeah. Eh, most of the time. <laughs> and that was it, though. We can move on from a very busy weekend to one that's, I guess, a little sleepier by comparison coming up with uh, UFC Vegas number. This, I think I said last week this was Vegas 62 or 72. 72. This coming one is 72 because the one that was UFC Las Vegas instead right. of Vegas. Yeah, exactly. everything got messed up. It's mm-hmm. stupid. Everything's stupid. This whole thing's stupid. Was it stupid, 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 stupid. What? was a different city. Apparently. It was a very different city. It's not <laughs> Vegas. It's Las Vegas. Yep. Uh, the fight's here. 7 p.m. Eastern time main card on Saturday. Headlined by Song Yadong and Ricky Simone. Moved from this week to next week. Good call. Because, uh, well. We talked about it. Last there week. would not have been a whole lot to look forward to from this card. <laughs> At least not not something that you'd be like, man, that should be atop the card. Mm-hmm. It just it totally lacked that anything. Kyle Bahayo is not going to do it for me. Sorry. Uh, but I like this fight. This is a good five-round fight, 135 pounds. It certainly elevates the importance of the fight because now you know there's a, there's a little bit of thinning at the top as some people are kind of mm-hmm. getting knocked off yep. their perch. And you know, Song Yudong, if he goes and gets a win, I think it can still put him back in there. He was doing really well against uh, Corey Sanhagen in their fight. It didn't go his way, but you know, he got out of there with the cut, right? Yeah. But I think he was doing cut. well early in that fight, at least. So I think yeah. there's there's the fact that he's got some talent. He's he's young. He's only getting better as he improves uh, with age. And Ricky Simone's a tough guy too. He he's got a win over Marab, so that has to count for something. Mm-hmm. I know it was a weird win. Albeit strange. It was very, it's still super strange. (laughs) It's very strange to have gotten the submission victory at five minutes of round three of the Fremont fight, but it is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. I like this fight, though. I'm very excited for it. Yeah, it should be good. Yeah. Um, We're in Nevada. Probably all those judges who were in uh, Hawaii probably didn't plan to stay an extra week, so I expect a few of them will probably come back over to Vegas. Yeah. Um, We'll see who. What else are you looking forward to on this one? Uh, Hadolfo Vieira and uh, Cody Brundage. Okay, should be pretty decent middleweight fight if they don't, you know, gas. Yeah, that's that's so. part part of the reason why I didn't highlight that one is because I expect them to gas. Okay. Although I, I mean, look, <laughs> Hadolfo Vieira is very interesting to me just because obviously he's a very standout in one particular area, being the submission game, the grappling game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he carries a lot of muscle and that muscle needs to eat air and not punches yes still yeah. it's hungry yeah it's very hungry and there's not enough air to feed the muscle um but i i actually i like a lot of uh i'm predisposed to liking 135 145 125 pounders we got former guest of the show cody durden going against charles uh, energy johnson at 125 pounds and brian boom boom kelleher against journey newsome I like these fights. That's on the these, 35. That should be a good one. Both of these so. are good. I think they'll be fun. But that is, uh, we got to the end. We made it. That's impressive. Yeah. What? Watch us. We're going to have like 12 fights to talk about next week or 12 rounds to talk about just from one event. Yeah, come yeah. on. Don't do that. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, 12 was a lot. Uh, honestly, Like even even though we were able to do it, that was a lot for me. Catch up on. It was. and Because I, I got to watch much less of them in a scoring capacity as I would like to live. Mm-hmm. So I had to catch all of them later. And that was uh, that was a challenge. A challenge. Yeah. So maybe maybe make it easy, guys. Now, another real good round of judging. Let's let's root for that. I think we can get it. We got some good judges in this. Area. Yes. Do great. Let's have no contest rounds next week. Boy, that would be. What would we do? We'll just talk about the finishes or how fantastic they were. But what if it was like they had like three or four refereeing things where it's like, oh, yeah, the, the referee ran into the uh, the fighters <laughs> during a finishing sequence, like accidentally tripped and fell or something. And then we got to go over what what's the protocol for that. 
The referee refused to count. It's like WWE. <laughs> it doesn't really work that way. <laughs> He's not stopping it. Well, that would just be dangerous. That would that would be, be very bad. It's, I mean, no, you can if the ref turns heel, it's, it's what happens. It's not like you know when when Stone Cold lays on Triple H, and you know because I'm dating myself with this reference here. Stone Cold lays on Triple H. I mean, Triple H is already out. Like he's not. It doesn't matter. Like he can just lay on him for 20 seconds. It's not going to hurt him anymore. <laughs> he's done doing that. That's what. See, that's one thing that they should have done in the Attitude Era or in wrestling or whatever. When they're out cold and the ref's not there, keep hitting them. Just keep hitting them. Go get a bell. Do something wild. Like make sure they don't get up. Again. <laughs> I, I should be managing these fighters. This is I, I, or these wrestlers. I would be cage side or <laughs> cage side. I would be ringside. And they're laying down on them. And I'd be like, no, don't get the ref. Just beat him more. Just keep beating him. Do your finisher again. I'll get the ref. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Don't even bother. Just like, just like, It's an opportunity to lay it on even more. Mm. You should just do a second finisher. Okay. No wrestler has ever thought to do that, by the way. I say that without knowing. <laughs> no, they always do it now. It, it, they, do, almost... they do a second finisher after the first one? Like, yeah. Like immediately? Like, yeah. So Brock Lesnar. Good Lord. He'll just grab someone fit. F five, pick him up. F five, pick him up. F five. So like German suplex styles, like yeah, like just just yeah. throw, get him back up, trying to kill him. But it's it's very rare that one finisher is enough these days. You see, they'll kick out. That's dumb. It's kind of so annoying. It's like don't even be bother having a finisher. That's I mean I can do it whole hour on this, but <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, we're not a wrestling show, so we're gonna we're gonna call it there. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back again next week with again. Maybe a more abbreviated show, I hope. Let's hope. Uh, hopefully Monday, possibly Tuesday. That's right. Yeah, Dan's uh, Dan's traveling, so we'll see if we can manage to get it in. Uh, it might be delayed. We'll, we'll try to let you guys know. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody.